welcome to The Messy Empire with Karen Prawl, where we prove to you that success is all about embracing the chaos and charging into the unknown. Welcome to The Messy Empire. This is AJ Guzman here with our host, Karen Prawl. Karen, we got to talk about something that's simultaneously uh, just a really fun topic, but also a super important business topic as well. Um, that happened because of something you've bought up on a couple episodes in the past. Do you want to explain that a little more? Yeah. So many people have asked me when I joke about running my business through match.com, how I did it, what did it look like? And it has really intrigued people. I mean, since we started this over a year ago, everybody's asked, but one of my biggest curiosity people is Brittany Pavalish because she worked across the hall from me for years And I would reference and joke about match.com dating and she was new to real estate and new to online dating. So we invited her in as our millennial co-host today. Thank you for your, your willingness to participate today. I am so excited to be here. Thank you guys. Um, I think for me, for the most part, I did a lot of what I heard Karen doing in the past and it worked really well for me, but I also did it very differently. So I wanted to come on here and just give the two feedbacks and um, also hear kind of how Karen became so successful with that. Perfect. Well, it's really awesome to have you on here. It was great to have another co-host and give like kind of the, the different perspectives of what it was like to do it uh, in 2006 and what it was like to do it in, what would that have been, 2018 or so. So we kind of have like a full spectrum of how someone might use online dating profiles to lead generate. Um, and the thing that kind of really clicked for me, and you can kind of hear it when it clicks for me, is that um, really this is a database conversation. This is about doing an eight by eight and following that up with a 36 touch. But Karen just had a really unique perspective on it. Let's go ahead and dive right in. I'm going to read an ad that I place that's helped me sell. 34 homes in one year. 34 homes in a year off of one ad? One ad. Wow, man. All right, I'm excited. It's going to take a minute. All right, here it goes. Raised in the Chicago suburbs and then 12 years in Columbus, Ohio. Go Bucks! And now happily called Denver home. A little about me. My motto in life is live, participate, and enjoy. To my face, my friends would describe me as happy-go-lucky. Bright, witty, attractive, friendly, and outgoing. My friends tell me I'm the funniest person they know. Behind my back, they might say sarcastic, dry, sense of humor, confident, classy, parentheses, I was raised right, sensitive to a point, very passionate, and sometimes a bit wild. I love to have fun, meet new people, and I'm very outgoing and optimistic. I enjoy the social scene, but value my alone time just as much. I love good restaurants. The art of dining is something I really enjoy. It is an art. A three-hour dinner? Perfect. I am both an independent thinker and very responsible, but definitely do not take life too seriously. I can find something beautiful in everyone. You can say I'm a glass half full kind of person. I can go camping, but also appreciates the finer things of life. A nice combo of both. I am looking for someone who is funny, social, kind, refined, attractive, responsible, and intelligent. I tend to be really attracted to, quote, alpha males. There is nothing sexier than, a, than someone who can make me laugh. 
I'm searching for someone with whom I could share a joke that no one else will understand or discuss, discuss an article in today's paper over coffee. I really enjoy life and I'm aware of the world around me, just looking for the right person to keep me on my toes and continue to pique my interest. If you are looking for someone who is shy, boring, and, uninter and uninteresting without an opinion or have anything to talk about, then I'm certainly not the girl for you. If you are jealous, attached, clingy, insecure, boring, or antisocial, or a wussy, then you are not the guy for me. I believe after dating a while, I still don't quite know what I'm looking for, but I certainly know what I am not. I don't believe that there is, quote, the one. Just someone who is my friend, buddy, lover, and confidant. I was once called a singular dater as an insult. However, I think it's a good thing. I don't really like to date around, and I'm not willing to spend time with someone just to bide my time, who I think of first before making a decision. I read somewhere, never make someone a priority who only makes you an option. I want to be the priority, not the option. I am worth it. Simply put, someone to spend time with and get to know. To be totally honest, I know everyone has, quote, baggage, but I'm frankly over it. No carry-on allowed in this house. We all have problems, issues. However, at our age, we should really know how to cope. I guess simply said, I'm looking for someone, quote, emotionally healthy. It seems very difficult to find. Funny, funny, funny. Three of my favorite qualities. Not too much pressure. A fantastic smile. It does wonders for the soul. Someone who is passionate and can handle my endless energy and appreciates life. Carries themselves with confidence, classy, doesn't judge, treats everyone well, and is looking to learn something new every day. Athletic, up for any sport, kickball league anyone. Tennis is my passion and skiing in the winter, but I love pretty much any sport, especially if I can buy equipment for it. Open-minded, honest, even brutally honest can be a turn-on. Challenge me on a daily basis, continue to better yourself often, have no regrets, and look to your future with ridiculous optimism and wonder. Realize that life is fun, exciting, and not to be taken too seriously. If this is you, I look forward to it. Cheers. All right. I'm going to go ahead and say if I were to run that ad, um, I might get the cops called on me. All right. Well, we have Brittany Pavalish joining us today because she is a whole generation younger than me, and she has recently online dating. So AJ, this was my ad on Match.com in 2006. Oh, geez. Brittany, has, has the online dating profile business changed over the past decade or so? Oh, yeah. It's a little different now. So now it's more of online apps. So you don't get that much space to put about you, right? So you get maybe characters or whatever it is to say, hey, this is who I am. So mine was much shorter than that, to say the least. So they've gotten a little shorter. This was a good profile, though. I could see how this works on, on a dating site. I don't see how this works on selling homes. But let's, I guess let's start with the dating side of this. Um, how does this translate to meeting people? Like, what, what happens? Do you, is this like full virtual dating, like only like through chat? Do you guys meet at bars? What, what goes on here? I mean, obviously, you've watched 90 Day Fiance. Like, I'm addicted. Brittany, is, that's awesome. Nick Baldwin is too, by the way. Love it. And, and so these people chat for like five, six years. So I wrote that just saying like, here. you said, you mentioned earlier when we talked about this, that you like that I say what I don't like. Mm -hmm. Well, AJ, I have dated the United Nations. 
physically, <laughs> it's so true. You could not line up every man I've dated and find one common physical trait that is similar. And so I have dated from people from all around the world and different cultures. And so I can't say, I feel like most men were like, I want a petite, blonde hair, blue eyed cheerleader, right? Or whatever. I mean, I think when men are looking, they're so physical first. And women, I want, I want to enjoy, like, I feel like I make it very clear I want quality. Because clearly I had to get to this point that I edited 638 times to get to this, to keep refining about what it is that I was looking for to narrow it down. So here's how it would go. Hey, you know, match.com, 98% match, whatever. Then we would connect and we'd message. I think Match had Messenger, if I remember correctly. Um, but it would probably be Yahoo Instant Messenger or AOL Messenger. Not to age myself, but remember, this is 14, 15 years ago. <laughs> and we would message a few times. And I'd be like, great, let's meet. Because I never wanted extended chit-chat. Like, let's see, because I think you can only find chemistry in person. I don't think you can fake I mean, I think you can fake it. And I want to see if they they showed up with who they truly are. And so I first asked them the question though, how long have you had your longest friend? Because that was like a qualifier. I, I, I remember like, that. That's your, quali- that's your qualifying question when you're hiring too. Yeah. And like, if they said three years, I'm like, next, bad, bad character. So what would happen is I would then um, go meet him for coffee. Hey, let's just go meet tomorrow for coffee. Well, in Denver, it's a seven to one ratio men to women. Holy hell. So we call it Menver. And I loved Menver because it was literally like amazing looking men everywhere all over. It's just that they were so busy kayaking, rafting, like hiking a 15, you know, thousand, whatever. They were so busy. They would like book me out in three weeks. I'm like, no, Midwest girls don't look like that. We're like, let's go grab a drink in five minutes. So I should have created Tinder actually, really, since I have like short time span. Anyway, so I would go meet someone for a drink. And if we liked each other or we didn't, very few people were jerks, right? I met hundreds of people. I would set up literally, I would time block my schedule. I was with Keller Williams. <laughs> I time block my schedule and I literally would have like four coffees and three drink dates a day. Holy hell. Because this was my networking. It was $39 or $34.99 a month unlimited leads is how I saw it. Well, I was complete opposite of Karen. I had been in one relationship prior to being single at 22 and deciding to get on dating apps. Um, So mine were a little bit different. I was trying to figure out what exactly I wanted and what I didn't want. I knew for a fact I did not want to be with someone younger or immature just because I find that I'm a little more mature than most people my age sometimes. Um, so dating anybody younger than me was a no-go. So I instantly got rid of those. Um, but for me, my first couple dates, we, I mean, we would talk for about a week and then decide if it was worth meeting in person. We would grab dinner, drinks, coffee, whatever it was. And we would spend an hour or two hours just getting to know each other. And usually I would know if it would move forward or not. Um, but whether it did, I kept them in my back pocket. Because I know, Brittany, you've actually used online dating to recruit agents. Mm-hmm. And Karen, you've used online dating apparently to sell 34 homes in a year. 
uh, I just don't get how the conversation goes when you're like, you know, I don't think this is going to work out, but your apartment is way too small. We need to get you into a two bedroom. I go meet a stranger for coffee and not with the intention to sell real estate. Like my thought of turning it into a real estate opportunity only happened after I was on match authentically. Like it, it didn't just go, I'm going to get on match and go get business. It was like, I'm on match. And then people would give me business that I met on match because the chances of me finding the one on match.com were very slim. And a lot of these people became my friends and I love being a connector or I love being resourceful and I like being a resource for people. And so I helped my friends like with real estate, they'd say, I was thinking of putting on a deck. I was thinking of doing this, like these men I met. And so they would just ask my opinion in something. And I, I really was friend zoned a lot. And so by being friend zoned a lot is what turned into a legitimate friendship. And then they would ask my opinion or um, say, oh my God, I went through a divorce. My wife and I, ex-wife, were trying to list our house. Can you look into it? And I did like a CMA. This is one of the funniest stories. I met a guy named Unmatch. Actually, this is a really crazy story because it's real estate too. And I told him I was a realtor. We were instant messaging. I know exactly where I was in my house. And he said, yeah, my wife and I have been trying to sell our house a year. And I'm like, oh, wait, you still live with your wife? And he's like, yeah, we can't leave our house. I'm like, oh, I can't date you if you're still living in the same house as your wife. And he said, well, we actually don't like our realtor. Would you be willing to do a market analysis and come over and meet with us? And I'm like, with you and your wife? Um, oh. Maybe. He said, I'm not going to tell her where I met you. I'm going to tell her it was from work. And I go, okay, it was a referral from work. No problem. So I made my friend Kate go with me. I can't even make this up. I met this guy in match and now we need to go over for a listing consult. Can you go with me? So the first time I met this guy was him and his wife to list their house. So I list and sell their house. It works out great. They also each buy a house from me. It's the beauty of divorce, I guess, right? Yeah. And because their next door neighbor was a realtor, but they didn't want the next door neighbor in their business if they're going through a divorce. Well, yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And what was, was it? Was that your first one? Was that your first deal off of Match? No, I don't think so. Mm-mm. What was your first deal off of Match like? How did that go down? My very first deal off of Match was this guy who is still my friend today. Uh, he was a widow. Remember, I'm 35 too at this point, or thir- in my you know early 30s. So, um, and we met, we had chatted for a while, and he was a widow. He was a single father of three kids, so his schedule was a little bit busy, and he ran a company. And we went and met for lunch, and he was so nice. He brought me a, like a gift, a book. It was very thoughtful. But he said, you know, I'm thinking of investing in some real estate. Would you help me? And so I thought, with me, he does like me, and so I helped him by two houses right away. I sold him two investment properties. And then he became my tennis partner and then he became my friend. Like it's crazy. And he's still a friend of mine today. So that was actually, I think the first house I sold off match. I think the first match date I went on was a guy named Frenchie and he lived in my neighborhood. It was Wash Park, which is a really, really nice part of Denver. And he used to go for walks and we go to have drinks and whatever. And we, we met and started dating and we dated for a few months. Um, never anything super serious, very casual, a couple times a week, maybe go grab a meal. And 
then it didn't work anymore. And I think um, I moved on and he'd moved on, but we always remained friends. Well, he, about a year and a half later, he messages me and says, I think I'm going to take a job offer in North Carolina. Will you sell my house for me? Okay. And so it really started with intention of just dating. But when I realized I can book appointments hour after hour after hour and go meet great people that I, because remember I was new to that area and I didn't have any friends. And through people, I met their friends and I created this um, group. And, and so it all started on match because in Denver, Denver's pretty forward thinking, like online dating wasn't weird. Right. And it was so common. I mean, remember that thing, meetup.com? I used to do meetup.com all the time too. I'd go to meetups just to meet people um, because I was alone and didn't have a sphere. So, so when I would have four, five, six coffees a day, I mean, it was exhausting. I had a spreadsheet, how to keep the names right. Um, And I had had to stay very organized, but I just stayed in touch with people that I wanted to be friends with. So over the years, if I did three or four, you know, coffees a couple days a week, I just started growing. I mean, literally I was growing my database and I would just stay in touch because my mom as a realtor just stayed in touch. You know, we're going through this pandemic right now. And the reason why we chose to do this topic is because we wanted to lighten it up a little bit. And the, the realtors who are going to succeed through this market are the ones who are relationship based. And so I just took what my mom had always done and I just nurtured these relationships and eventually they had real estate needs and it literally slayed my business. So when, when you were leaving, like, at what point did you decide like, okay, I'm staying in touch for the purposes of my real estate business. I was like that right from the jump, like, okay, I'm going to meet people. If it doesn't work out, I'm going to stay in touch because I need to grow my sphere. Or how much of this was just by accident? It was a hundred percent the intention, like, oh, I like that person. We're not a match, but let's stay friends. Okay. I'm a connector and I like, I like relationships. I mean, that's why I have so many friends all over the country is because I don't like to let go of friendships. And so um, if I feel like I'm Bonnie and maybe they need a buddy, but I feel like I'm a good friend of people too. I, it never really was about my business and still, until people started giving me business. And I was like, wait a second. If I talked oh, more okay. about yeah. real estate, I could, uh, I could get business. So then I would start sending them CMAs. I, then I would start dripping them in my real estate business. And now they saw me instead of a really fun party girl, they saw me like, oh, shoot, you're a realtor. So this is really like the story of the 36 touch and how to grow your database. It was being a resource. So I constantly was doing CMAs and just sending them over. I'm, I would say, oh, here's what's happening in your neighborhood. I became the neighborhood expert around my match.com database around them and their neighborhood. And like, I remember dated a guy named Jeff. I think he lives in Chicago now. And Jeff went through a divorce and he lived in this house by himself and the market was turning and he was upside down, just buried. And there was no way out. And he's like, can you sell my house for me? And I went into the CMA and I said, Jeff, I'm sorry, I can't. Um, I would consider going to one of those we buy ugly houses and get 80 cents on the dollar because he needed a new roof. He needed a furnace and he had no funds to do it, but he had enough equity in the home, but his credit sucked from his divorce right? So Jeff needed out. And I'm like, if you want a clean break, I would do this. So I really became a consultant for a lot of my friends. I mean, I had a pro football player. He called me about a year later after we had gone out a few times and said, 
I need to sell my house. Well, at this point, it's 2007, 8. The market is crashing because he did a like a stated no-doc interest-only loan because he wanted to live in a big house that he couldn't afford. God mm-hmm. forbid something with his contract changed. And he called me and he's like, Karen, I need out of my house. And I told him, like, you are upside down. You are going to have to short sell it or do a deed in lieu of foreclosure. So I, they trusted me enough to be their real estate expert. And I, I must have given them a vibe that they're comfortable with me because that's hard to share with people. Like mm-hmm. I'm in serious financial trouble. Can you help? Right. So I think I'm starting to get like a, a bit of an aha from this. Would this have been any different than you running, let's say Facebook ads or Google ads and getting tons of leads to choose from? Right. Like I could do a search for tennis, Ohio State, confident, you know, whatever on behavior. Yeah. I, we just didn't have that then. I had MySpace. <laughs> well, the, the reason I'm asking because it's like, it seems like, you know, the trick here isn't online dating. The trick here is the tried and true portion after you fed your database. Because then you, you stayed in touch with them. You stayed top of mind. You reinforced that you were a real estate expert. And when they needed something, they knew who to contact. Yeah. And I also knew that every conversation I had, I would mention, oh, I just got done showing homes. Oh, I have to go do an open house. And I was always doing real estate activity, which Brittany will tell you is the same way I teach now. Like nothing has changed. What I'm thinking or what I'm realizing is that this doesn't have to just be for online dating. Like whatever it is that is going to get you in front of more people and get you to talk to more people, that's how you can grow your database. You know what this is called? My curated sphere. Men who are attractive, fun. I like totally curated my perfect sphere. And you know what's funny is some of them went on to marry realtors, which kind of ruined it for me. I lost, don't put all your eggs in one basket, ladies. <laughs> he went to a house and he saw her card and her picture was really pretty. He called her and they're still married. They got married the same year Joel and I did. <laughs> so, which is great. But um, the gentleman that was the widow I was referring to. All right, Brittany, I want you to talk about this for a second on the recruiting side of things. Okay. So let me be very vulnerable for a second, because when I got into real estate or when I joined Keller Williams, I should say, I was 22 and I was newly single shortly after I joined Keller Williams. So this all happened within the first year and I was very insecure. I was not yet licensed. Okay. So keep that in mind throughout this conversation. It is not until right now that the relationships that I built through online dating are finally bringing me business. So I got to a specific point where I stopped um, accepting every single person. So if they were good looking, I wouldn't just swipe on them. I was also primarily on Bumble. So the ladies get to talk first. As it should be. Okay. So keep that in mind when I, when I have this conversation. So I would go through and I would look at occupation. Now I did not put my occupation because it brings it down to location. And I felt like for safety purposes, I was going to keep my job off of my profile. So I would go through and it would tell me there are doctors, there's attorneys, there's realtors. Okay. And I would swipe on those people. And I would say, okay, you know what? If we match, we match. But remember, I'm 22 at this point, And I was looking at 
for the most part, older men, you know, five up to 10 years older. I shouldn't say older. Um, and all of those people, I was just trying to build a better database for myself because at 22, if I decided that I wanted to get licensed, which I did at 23, most of my people weren't looking to buy a home yet. They were still finishing up school. So I want you to remember that because now all those doctors or attorneys that I wasn't a good match for, we still have a relationship because I am the type of person that I'm not just going to poo-poo someone. If they're a good person, they're going to stay in my life some way, somehow. So we're Facebook friends. And they see that I'm in real estate. They see the posts that I make and they reach out to me. So think about their sphere. So we always say it's not about who you know, it's about who they know. And so all of my attorney friends that I went on dates with, right? Now all of a sudden they have attorney friends that are looking to buy or sell. And they're like, you know what? I know this really great girl. Let's talk to her. Okay. Now when it came to realtors, I used to always say, listen, I don't know if you know anything about Keller Williams or if you want to make a change However, I want to change your life one way or another. So whether you come to Keller Williams or you date me for a minute, we're good. I'm changing your life. We're going to make it better. And this was long before I was in the ATL role. So I don't do that anymore. And actually, I anybody that I have met um, that is a realtor, I actually, like Karen said in one of the podcasts before, she has friends that aren't with Keller Williams and she's okay with that. And that's exactly how I feel about these people. I am, I am very happy for them. I'm still friends with them. We still communicate here and there. If they never joined Keller Williams, that would be okay. So Brittany and I actually did the exact same thing, um, which was you went in it with the right authenticity and the right heart and true relationships developed out of it. I feel like, so I feel like when um, I'd go on dates and it would be an insurance salesman or a title rep or whatever, like I'd go on match.com dates. I knew when someone was trying to sell me their business, like that, I, I received it all the time, you know, hmm. all the time. But now I'm thinking, okay, if I was younger and it was the first time buyer market, I would have had my match.com friends go look at some homes for me with me. You know how I tell you with first-time buyers, like I would just take them showing with me, mm. like I would go preview some homes. I would do that to get them in the mindset that they could afford a house and let them make their decision that they're ready to buy. I would have turned more renters into buyers. Yeah. Well, and also on top of me being on dating apps, my friends that were on dating apps, they're now sending me referrals of people they've met that are looking to buy. So I've converted quite a few new buyers for this upcoming year of people that they had met on Tinder and Bumble. and Yeah. I mean, it really served me well, but your intention and your heart has to be in the right place. Right. Commission breath is the worst. I literally was just doing an eight by eight and a 36 touch. And if people don't know what that means, so I'll share. An eight by eight. Um, can I tell the story of how an eight by eight got started? Does anybody? Yes. Do I don't know, know the story of how it started. Okay, this is really exciting. So there's a company called Hobbs and Herder, and about 20 years ago, they do market research. Hobbs and Herder is a marketing company. 20 years ago, they did market research, and they called a specific targeted area, 
and said, who is the realtor that you would choose? Okay. And let's say they said, I choose Jeff Ristein. Let's say they call, you know, around where Jeff markets and they're like, okay, awesome. Jeff Ristein. Yeah. We see his stuff everywhere. Well, why would he choose Jeff Ristein? Well, I know his name. I get his mailers. You know, this was a long time ago. So I see his billboard, blah, 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 blah. Awesome. So they're in their head is Jeff Ristein. So they did an experiment where they sent out mailers and they started dripping on these people eight times for eight weeks. They waited a little bit of time and then called those same people and say, what realtor would you choose today? And let's say the eight weeks that of their experiment, it was a non-existent agent. They made up the name. But the marketing was so effective, they'd say, well, Brittany Pavalish. And it literally changed someone's opinion because their frequency, they knew how to get the mind share that quickly. And so Gary adapted that system and put it in the MREA. So that's the eight by eight. That's how it got started. AJ, what are you reading? What are you seeing on your screen over there? No, I looked up uh, Hobbs and Herder. And yeah, it seems like they were a, or still are a marketing company. So I, I believe that they probably did that test. Yeah, it was really cool. And so I don't know where the 36 touch came from, but I'm sure Gary went deep into some psychological mindshare understanding of consumerism. So that's the thing that I love about the way Gary does human behavior is it's none of it's theory, right? It's all, it's all tested. You know, they test it out with thousands of people and see, does this work or does this not work? And it's not, I think this will work. It's, this is what the data shows us. This is what it looks like after we talked to several thousand agents or seven thousand consumers. That's so true because he, like I have guts and I think it's the best idea in the universe. And everyone's like, that'll never fly or that's not sustainable. That's not scale. Like I just get shot down. But if Gary said it, they would just trust that he did research. They just know I wouldn't sit down and do research. I just, well, he, he was the, he, he still is like a huge donor for Baylor and was able to use Baylor's uh, research. Was that research center for who knows how long? Yeah, the Keller Research Center for Real Estate and Finance at Baylor University. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. They, a few of the researchers and assistants and whatnot came out to a family reunion this year. They were talking to us about it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so an 8x8 is an 8-touch system for 8 weeks. So it's um, a call, phone call, email, and you just drip them. A 33-touch, which is now 36, is a hybrid of phone call, emails, and visits or face-to-face 36 times over one year. And that's how you gain mind share. A 12 direct is just once a month, a direct conversation about real estate. So let's not talk too much about the 12 direct because the 12 direct is kind of for your unmet database. Those are for people who you don't already have a two-way relationship with. Yeah. But for the eight by eight, that's how you're creating that two-way relationship, that, that dialogue. And then the 36 touches, how you're making sure for the rest of forever, you're top of mind. You're, you have mind share when they think of it. Yeah. And you know, the gentleman I referenced that moved from Denver and took the job in North Carolina, I referred him to an agent in North Carolina. Like this became a real relationship, friendship, a true friendship. And yes. so one of them, I mean, I moved away for, gosh, I met Joel 12, 13 years ago. I still, to this day, speak to some of those people that I met on match.com. Mm-hmm. So this is really, this is the story of the database. 
you you have to feed it and it doesn't matter where you feed it from if you're doing things right you get to what what did you call it a curated database curated sphere your curated sphere you get to actually fill it with people that you like in some way or another and are willing to talk to regularly and then you're just doing your eight by eight and your 36 touch and believe it or not the book was right it turns into business what are some other match.coms that people could use? Not like actual dating sites, but like places where you could go and actively get your unlimited leads to feed your database. Well, it's all based on things you like to do because that's authentic. Anybody that lives in our area or anybody in our E2P market centers knows that you were able to get Jason Abrams out a couple of months ago. Yeah. And one of the things that he talked about was specifically building your community. He said... You know, if you're someone who likes to do trivia, then you host a trivia night and that's your community and you build that. And it's something that you actually enjoy doing. It's for your personal life. So if you are a tennis player, you join a tennis club and you make sure you're out there playing and that's for you. But as a realtor, what you do is you're always building your database. So you're doing something that's completely for you. It's what's going to fill your bucket regardless of whether or not it turns into business. And so for you, that was match.com because even if it didn't turn into business, at least you were going to find someone to spend time with and it, and it was going to be beneficial that way. So for everybody, you should be looking for those kind of, kinds of things. Those, what is something that I actually want to do and just turn that into your database. Any suggestions for our next episode? Tell us on Instagram at The Messy Empire. Thank you for listening to The Messy Empire with Karen Prawl.